Welcome back, fellow seekers of strength, to another invigorating episode of Gathering Strength, the podcast where we explore the incredible journeys of individuals that cultivate resilience, physical prowess, and a winning mindset. I'm your host, Ruby Rube. Before we dive into today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that little notification bell, leave me a glowing five-star rating, and share your thoughts in the comments. Your support keeps gathering strength, growing, and hey, in return, I'm going to continue to give you awesome podcast content. Now, in this episode, we're going to peel back the layers of my marathon preparation, my fitness philosophy, and hey, how do I maintain an unshakable confidence? Ever wondered how your old boy Ruby Rube over here at the Gathering Strengths conquers both the physical and mental challenges of marathon training and of life? Well, luckily for you, I'm about to spill the beans. How do I manage to seamlessly integrate overall fitness into the marathon journey? What secrets lie behind my daily lifestyle choices that contribute to my peak performance? I'm going to be giving you a sneak peek and unravel the mindset that propels me forward. We're going to explore some of my philosophy that guides my health and my fitness pursuits. But that's not all. We're also going to dive into the highs and lows, the triumphs and the tribulations of <laughs> of the marathon experience. From nutrition tips to recovery rituals, every detail is going to be on the table. Now the things that I do, they may or may not work for you. I'm no pro. I'm not an elite athlete. I'm simply just a 40-year-old man who has been living a healthy lifestyle for the last 20 years. Hey, of course, I've had my ups and my downs where I've been lackadaisical about the approach to every nuance that life can be measured in. But hey, as of lately, my indomitable spirit has been on fire and I have been doubling down on discipline. I have been identifying weaknesses and man, I've been working on strengthening all of those weaknesses mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. And as a result of doing that, of facing the adversity and the shortcomings in my life, I have been able to produce some sweet fruit. Now, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to learn. And I'm also willing to share because, man, I know that there are so many people out there who are more like me than some of these elite athletes. You know what? You and I, we are more closely relatable than to some of the greats out there. You're going to be able to relate to my story more than Tom Brady, more than uh, freaking Kobe Bryant, more than Eliud Kipchoge, name whatever, Muhammad Ali, name whatever great is out there. Well, you, you know what? You and I, we are more closely connected than any of those people. And that's why it is a imperative to share the story of the everyday man because like I said you know I have a job my athletic prowess does not produce any money I'm not out winning championships I'm not out taking first place but hey regardless of that this stuff that I do it it is challenging it is reinvigorating it is stimulating. There's purpose. There's clarity. There's a goal. And man, that's how you really start to find direction in your life. Not that, you know, running a marathon or doing an Ironman, not that that is the meaning of life. But when you do set a high goal for yourself and you do work towards it as a byproduct, if you do it right, you know, if you're not selling your soul to the devil to win these championships, it doesn't do anything other than prov provide you with a firm foundation that discipline has to offer. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today is my marathon journey, the foundation 
of my belief system and how, you know, running a marathon or doing an Ironman or, you know, simply just working out, stimulating your mind, how that benefits and permeates every aspect of your life. Before we dive in any deeper, a quick reminder to check out the link in the bio because that is going to contain my Amazon affiliate link. And that is going to be one little tool in your repertoire that can help you really frame your mindset that is conducive to growth. Because, man, if your head is not right, then your heart and your body and your spirit is not going to be right either. Now, go ahead. Uh, check out the Amazon affiliate link. And by purchasing recommended books or products, you're not only going to enhance your journey, but you're also going to support the podcast. So in the words of my dear buddy old pal, Harold Allen Jr., buckle up, hit that subscribe button, and get ready to embark on another empowering episode of Gathering Strength. Now let's start at the beginning How did I get into marathons? How did I get into the endurance world? How did I start training for a marathon? Because simply, we all have a beginning, right? We aren't just born at the starting line of a marathon. Nope, we have to be inspired by something. We have to see somebody doing it and then think to ourselves, oh, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. Right Now, I'm 40 years old and I have been physically active my entire life. I have a childhood that the foundation was built upon being physically fit. You know, a lot of street fights. We were always the smaller guy. So, you know, we had to prove a point. And back in the day, we would prove it with our fighting capabilities. And now, you know, these days I'm not fighting with my fist. I'm fighting to get myself up out of bed, out of that comfort zone. And now, you know, I'm essentially fighting against the blankets and the pillows to put on my shoes and lace them up for a 20 mile run in the dark. Those are the battles and those are the fights that I'm fighting now. Hey, and (laughs) I'm happy to announce that I'm winning a majority of those fights. While I may not be undefeated, I'd like to believe that I have a winning record. Now, I had my ups and downs with partying a little bit too hard, staying up a little bit too late, not eating good food, not drinking any water, you know, just being a typical idiotic young male adult growing up. Bless your heart and mind and soul if you were one of the young guys who, I don't know, got it right early in life and you have been able to walk that path of discipline at an early age. You know, that's simply not not my story, which is all right because, you know, I was able to glean some nuggets of wisdom by embarking down that path and... Sometimes as a young person, you have to feel the fire to find out for yourself how hot it, it actually is. And now while I was playing with fire in my younger years, I got burnt a bunch of times and I simply got tired of walking away with third degree scars and my damn eyebrows singed and my nose hairs, you know, inflamed and smoking because I was playing with fire. So... Fast forward to about 2017 because when I was about 2021, I started to get my life back on track and I started to do more of the right things than the wrong things and then my growth started to compound on my daily habits. I started to work out, started to get a job, started to make some money, yada, 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 right? And then that fateful day. It was Father's Day. Um, It was Father's Day, I think, 2019. And it was a beautiful morning, you know, because Father's Day is during the summer. And the one thing that we were going to do is we were going to go watch like a movie at our local movie theater. 
at about like lunchtime. So we woke up, we had a breakfast, and then I was in my garage. I was doing bent over upright rows. I was just going to, you know, do a quick little workout, get my muscles all pumped up. And then we were going to get on with the day. I have had a morning like that many times before. No big deal. My mindset was just, let's get in this workout and then we'll get on with it. But little did I know that Zeus himself was going to emerge in my garage and zap me in the back with his damn Triton. Or at least that's what it felt like. Now there I am. I'm on my final my final set. And I was going to do a nice little easy set of, of 20 upright rows. I was going to pump them out, right? And then there I am. One, two, three, four, and then zap. I was like, oh, what was that? I've never felt that before. And so I dropped to a knee. I didn't know what it was. I thought, uh, I don't know. I literally had no idea what it was other than a pain in the lower part of my back. And I was like, you know what? Damn it. I shouldn't have been doing these so many deadlifts or whatever it was. And there I am, I'm down at one knee. And then I take a moment to recover and I go to try to stand up. And nope, as soon as I like try to heave myself up, sharp pain. I was like, oh damn, this is, this is something else. And up until that point, I have never sustained a injury in anything. I, a few more seconds go by and I try to stand up again. And I try to heave myself up again. And that same searing pain goes from 0 to 10 on the pain scale. It's like, oh, damn. So I'm like, all right, let me call my wife. And here I am. I'm in my garage, down on one knee, got the barbell right in front of me. And I'm like, hey, hey, wife, come over, help me out. And she was reluctant to help me out because she thought that I was playing a practical joke on her. Because, hey, you know, I am known to mess around (laughs) and you know it's not too far off for me to pull a a good practical joke so therefore it was essentially the boy who cried wolf too many times and you know no one is going to be coming to uh, to your rescue so there i am right i'm down on one knee i'm like hey help me up and she's like are you messing around it's like no help me up and then she has one of my hands and I go to stand up. I'm like, oh, damn, this this really hurts. And then so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to count to three. One, two, three. And I'm, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk it off. And I'm going to be all right. So I do that. I'm like, all right, I'm on three. One, two, three. I stand up and I, I don't know exactly what happened, but... Like I said, it felt like Zeus just hit me in the back with this triton. And I seize up and I couldn't like brace myself. And my wife, she guides me back down. And there I am laying face down on the floor. I'm like, oh my, oh my goodness, right? To make a long story short, I end up like doing something to my back. And it put me out for the rest of the day and maybe for like a good, I don't know, three or four or five days. But when I came back to the house after coming home from the hospital because I wanted to get checked out and, you know, there was nothing that the doctor saw. We did all these scans and this and that. Nothing wrong with me. I was like, oh, sheesh. And and essentially he was just like, hey, you know, take it easy. I'm like, all right, doc. So there I am laying down on the couch. And you know what? I can't even freaking walk. I had the strength of like an 80-year-old man. I had to have my son and my wife pull me out of the car. And then I had to throw my arm around my wife. And she had to guide me up the stairs into the house and plop me down on the couch. And and I was just like, oh, man, misery, right? Time goes by. And there I am just lying down on the couch and watching TV. And for a lot of people, you know, hey... That, that would be a, a miracle for them. Like, hey, I get to just lie down on the couch and have everyone 
you know, cater to my needs. Hey, I'm like, what is this? My my birthday? That's a life of luxury for people. Like, there's literally people out there who wish that they can be injured so they don't have to do anything, so that so that they can justify their laziness. Like, oh hey, I can't uh, clean anything because I'm injured, or because I'm doing this or doing that. I can't work out because I'm injured. You know, there are some people who are legitimately injured, and I get it. But, you know, there's also a difference between being lazy and legitimately needing rest and recovery. And I think that a lot of people can't really differentiate between the two. For a person like me, you know, that sucked. I was like, man, you know what? There's so many things that I could be doing right now. And so I had a moment of clarity because I literally lost my mobility for a few days. And it hurt so bad where I needed help getting off the couch. I needed help getting out of bed because the pain was so intense. And I had a moment of clarity where I thought to myself, this whole time leading up to that injury... I have been taking for granted my mobility. It takes so much strength, so much muscle coordination, so much energy, and literally, it takes so much strength for us to be able to maneuver our bodies simply out of bed, Simply off the couch. Simply to be able to rotate when you're sitting down on the toilet to wipe your own ass. That takes so much coordination. So much core strength. So much coordination. (laughs) Like simply. It, It takes so much strength and coordination for us to simply be able to do the things that we take for granted every single day that... Because we do it every single day, we take it for granted, and when it's taken away, you don't realize what you got until it's gone, and there I am with my mobility gone, and now I was able to connect with all of the people who, as a lifelong process, lost their mobility or don't have a full functioning body And I was just like, damn, that hit me really hard. And when I came to that perspective shift and that conclusion and that moment of clarity that I was taking for granted my mobility and taking for granted my strength and my coordination, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to mess around anymore. I'm going to take my strength seriously. I'm going to honor my strength. I'm going to honor my time because once our bodies go and once we wither away, whether we voluntarily let them wither away or simply because we're losing the fight against Father Time, you know, our bodies are temporary. And now here I am, you know, as a 36, 37 year old man with the strength of a 90 year old with arthritis I was like damn this is what it feels like to be super old or super out of shape because you know there's people who are much younger who were that that weak and I was like you know what I don't like feeling like this And that injury turned into a blessing in disguise because that was the moment where I realized I was taking for granted my mobility, my strength, and I wasn't being a good steward of the strength that I that I had because man, you know, I'm I'm humble. I'm not the strongest guy. I'm no freaking power lifter. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the strongest guy. Never will be. Never claim to be. I'm not the fastest person. I'm not anything great. But I know that I'm super strong. Now everything is relative, right? But if you can get out of bed on your own, if you can walk around the block, you're strong. 
if you can, you know, raise your arms above your head, you're strong. If you can do a body squat, you're strong. If you can do a push-up, you're strong. If you can walk up a flight of stairs, you are strong. That's the type of strength that I'm talking about. And not only can I do all of those things, you know, I can do so much more. And now, there I was in in pain. You know, the only comfort that I found was staying still. I was like, you know what, alright, let me try to rehabilitate myself. Let me do some research on, on what's going on with my body. And then, so I start to browse onto Google, YouTube, and I stumbled across a concept that I was unfamiliar with. And I was only unfamiliar with it because I have never sustained an injury. Now, there's something that I learned is called active recovery. Now, active recovery is where you (laughs) simply, you are active in your recovering. So I had two options. I could have just laid there on the couch and just watched TV and just, you know, waited for my body to repair itself. Or I could have actively engaged with that process. And the way that you do that is by stretching, by stimulating and moving the injured area. Now, once again, I'm no doctor. And I'm not going to be able to tell you what is right and wrong. I am in tune with my body. I can tell when I'm being lazy. And I can, and I know when I need rest. I rest for about a day and a half. And then I did something about it. And that's when I learned about active recovery. Now, prior to that injury, I never stretched. Never, ever, ever in my life did I stretch. And now I'm going to be giving credit where credit is due because I learned about active recovery. And one of the ways that you actively recover is by stretching. So I was like, all right, let me stretch. And then because I didn't know how to stretch, I was like, all right, how do I stretch? (laughs) I knew how to do like some basic kindergarten elementary stretches. But, you know, after I went through the two stretching poses that I I knew, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to deepen my understanding in how to adequately stretch a man's body. So what do I do? You know, I used Google and YouTube, the tools that amplify a person's knowledge. I used those and I gained some enlightenment on those realms. One of the YouTube channels that I came across was there is a channel called The Bodyweight Warrior. And prior to discovering this channel, I associated stretching with, I don't know, it kind of have like had like a negative connotation. I imagined someone stretching or taking stretching seriously as like a wimpy man with wispy chest hairs, no muscle, maybe a man bun. Just the complete opposite of who I am. And, you know, because I had that preconceived notion about stretching, it was a a major turnoff for me. But, hey, you know what? Desperate times call for desperate measures. And I was desperate to remedy myself. And I wanted a quick response. Now, going back to the bodyweight warrior, the guy who was hosting the page... Man, he had muscles. He was loose. He was limber. He looked healthy. He spoke well. And, you know, his whole energy that he that he conveyed on his channel, that was something that resonated with me. That was something that attracted me to his channel. And so I, I tuned in for a for a, a couple episodes. I learned a stretching routine. And let me tell you this. It felt like freaking ecstasy. It was painfully, uh, but oh so good feeling at the same time because, man, not only did I not have the flexibility, but I also had pain. So there I am just like, you know, gritting my teeth, 
bearing down and putting my body through something that I have never felt before. But to make another long story short, I now stretch every single day in the morning for about 15 minutes, followed by about three to four minutes of breath work. And I stretch every night before I go to bed. And those are the little small things that I do every single day that adds up and mounts up to Ironmans and marathon personal record times to running thousands of miles uh, a, a year. And going back to the injury, while it did suck and it was painful... Man, that put me on a whole new trajectory where if I didn't sustain that injury, I'd probably just be the same person doing the same workouts and the same lifts, you know, not experiencing the exponential growth that I have been experiencing over these last few years. Now, I'm not saying I want you to hurt your back, but I hope... I hope you hurt your back and then I hope you make an awesome recovery and I hope that it unlocks something for you and I hope that it transforms you into something more stronger, more brilliant, more wise than than what you're currently experiencing right now. Now in the addict world, in the alcoholics world, it's much harder to hit or it's much harder to touch and transform a functioning addict than it is to to transform a person who has hit rock bottom because the functioning person has all of these societal expectations that you know society would would equate to success they have the job they have the house the marriage the kids in college they have all of all of these things you know and that that's all good great gravy but to not fulfill or and strive towards one's fullest potential you know that's a damn shame and the meanwhile the person who has hit rock bottom and that's where I was at because I hit the rock bottom of my mobility and of my physical prowess you know that was non-existent I had no choice but to learn how to get my mobility back and during that process I realized that I was taking for granted my mobility it made me understand how truly strong that I was. And I vowed that I was going to honor my strength and do the things that led me much more quickly out of that that little pain window that I was in. And it delivered me and shot me out of a freaking cannon into the endurance world. And man, because... It shot me into the endurance world. That unlocked a whole plethora of other awesome things. Being shot into the endurance world, it helped me with my clarity, my creativity, my patience. And that's something that I'm still working on right now is patience because I like things to be quick and fast. I am efficient, but I also know that anything good takes time and because I am strong and I am fast and I am quick and I am efficient if I can if I see something if I envision something I want to sprint there you know sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't and when it doesn't work as quickly or as fast as I would like it to you know sometimes that can bring me frustration but you know life is a marathon it's not a sprint and the things that I can sprint to, I will sprint to them. The things that I need to, hey, take my time and pace myself and get there, you know, I'm willing to do that too. Now, I mentioned uh, clarity, patience, uh, overall growth. Man, the endurance world, it has provided me with my own philosophy. I have become more in tune with my spiritual side, with my emotions. I'm more in tune with how food makes me feel. I'm more aware of my triggers. I'm more aware of my temptations. I'm more aware of my strengths, my weaknesses. I'm just more aware of everything where 
As before, I was, you know, blind to a lot of things. I was more reactive. I was more intense. While I still am intense, I know how and when and where to direct that that uh, that same amount of intensity. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but you know, I'm willing to strive continuously and work towards growth in every single aspect, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. So that was my inspiration to take on the marathon, to honor my strength, to learn something new, to step out into the unknown, be willing to fail, be willing to go through the growing pains that the marathon crucible is going to subject anyone. And, you know, I, I simply saw some people out there And I was like, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. One other quick little story about overcoming that injury was when I did overcome it and I got my mobility back, you know, I started riding a bike and then I would park the bike and I started running. And there was a point where, you know, prior to the injury, I did start to run, but it was nowhere near to the level that I'm running now. And prior to the injury, I would run maybe two miles a week. And I felt like freaking Hercules and Zeus. I was like, man, I'm damn near a Forrest Gump right now, you know? Putting in two miles a week. I I didn't know anyone else running. So when I would look around at my peers and I would see no one is working out, no one is running. I, I, I would feel like, hey, you know, no one else is putting in one mile a week. I'm working so hard. Right? I just didn't know. And then now I start to overcome that injury. I start to honor my strength. I start to move my body more. I start to cover more distance. And then, hey, guess what? In comes David Goggins. Now, David Goggins, he has this 40% rule. And he, what? essentially, it is a philosophy. Now, his philosophy is when you encounter that point where you want to give up, you're only at 40% of your capacity. He was talking about the governor in our minds, the essentially the mother's mind or the mother's voice in our head comes and says, hey, you know, don't, don't work too hard. Come on, come back to the house. I'll give you some milk in a baba. You can suckle from, from, from my titty. And I'll, I'll swaddle you in a warm blanket and you just be fat and happy in the house. Don't worry. But then, hey, that beast voice. Hopefully you listen to that beast voice. That beast voice comes in and it says, hey, quit being a little bitch right now. You only ran two miles and you want to give up? Come on, bro. Are you serious? You're being a little bitch right now. You know, and that's where a lot of people give up and give in and they go and get that baba. They go and get that milk. They they go and suckle from the titty of Modelo and Corona and they go fire up the bong and the barbecue and the Ben and Jerry's because they, they figure that they've done the work. Oh, hey, I, I got in my, my one mile. It's like, man, you're being a little bitch right now. And that's how I am with myself. I don't always beat myself down, but I know when I'm acting like a little bitch and I beat myself up because of it. And I believe that we all need that voice that kicks our ass in our own heads because, you know, psychologically and evolutionarily, we we want to live in our comfort zone because that's just how the human has evolved. And now I remember... Prior to that injury, the farthest that I ever ran was three miles. And I felt like <laughs> I felt like a horse, right? <laughs> I felt like ha- half human, half horse. And then now with David Goggins' 40% rule bouncing around in my brain, I was like, all right, 2.9 miles. And then I keep running. I'm at my, my third mile. And then I, I, I remember saying to myself, if... If I continue to run, this is going to be the farthest that I've ever ran. And I felt like Frodo Baggins' homie where he's walking and then he stops and he's like, you know what? 
If I take one more footstep forward, this is going to be the farthest from the, from the Shire that I've ever been. And he stops. And he, and he, he contemplates. He's like, do I keep going or do I turn back around? And you already know what your old boy Ruby Rube did. Just like that little little hobbit, I take that, that step forward and I keep running. Three and a half miles, four miles, five miles. And then I end up back at my house, six miles under my belt. And I'm in like a, a, a state of euphoria. I'm like, oh wow, what the hell just happened? What did I just do? Did I unlock something? Where am I? <laughs> I? I knew where I was. I was at my house, but I felt like a transformed man. I felt like I just stepped into a new realm. And guess what? I did. Now, prior to that six-mile run, my comfort zone was prohibiting me from breaking through. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know that a comfort zone existed. And I didn't even know that I was living in it. Prior to that six mile run, and I would, you know, tap out and quit after one mile, I didn't know that I was just being a little bitch. I didn't know that I was just listening to that that warm voice in my head, you know, beckoning me to, to stop running and come on back. I didn't know that I was giving up on myself. I didn't know that I had all this strength and all this endurance and all this energy in me. And now that I know, and now I'm empowered, and now I have the responsibility to keep going, and now I know what I'm capable of, and now I know what hard work and consistency and real endurance looks like. Now I know, whereas before, I didn't know. I was blind, and there's an old biblical scripture that the blind will continually lead the blind. And now that the scales have fall, fallen from my eyes, guess what? I'm going to be a better leader, if not only to my own family. I'm going to be a better father to my son. I'm going to be a better father to my daughter. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better member of society because... I'm no longer blind or I'm not as blind and dumb and as weak as I used to be. And that is a beautiful thing for any person to experience. And this is one of the reasons why I share my experience because I know that there are so many people out there who will never experience what I have felt or what I have implemented, they'll, they'll never experience that because they will look at you know some of the greats. They'll look at the Tiger Woods, the Tom Brady's, the Brett Favre's, the Ricky Hendersons. They'll look at the Messies or uh, the Mike Tyson's. Name whatever great sports figure is out there. They'll look at those people and they'll be like, you know what? That is un unobtainable for me. And for you know, for a lot of people, it is. I'm never going to be a great athlete. I'm never going to be a boxing champion or the world's fastest man. And that's all right. But I don't need to be dumb and weak and incompetent and blind and a pussy. And that's why I share my story. Because I'm just an ordinary guy doing... To my estimation, if there was someone with a profile that was like mine, you know, ran multiple marathons, multiple Ironmans, wrote a book, I'd be like, oh, hey, this guy, this guy knows something. This guy is about that life. Whatever that life is, I would be interested in learning something. You know, just a a blue-collar worker multiple homes, money in the bank, homeowner, you know, gainfully employed, zero debt. It's like, man, that guy knows something that I don't. And like I said, man, I don't have all the answers, but I know that there's so many people out there who struggle mentally, physically, 
financially and spiritually. I I did, I still do, but the things that I have been working on, it has provided me with strength in all of those realms, and now I can lift up so much more. That was just <laughs> that was just, you know, the first little question that uh I wanted to answer, but man, it is deep, it's spiritual, it's philo- philosophical. And man, it, it it's heavy. It is very heavy. It, it's definitely not a superficial thing where it's like, "Hey, I just want to run a marathon because I, wa- I I like running." You know, there are some people out there like that, but not for me. It is it is deeply rooted. Now, some of the challenges that I faced for this marathon prep was the falling back or the daylight savings time because the days are shorter and by the time that I get home from work, it's already dark. But luckily, I didn't have to endure that too much, but I did find that it made it a little bit more challenging to put in a, a, a day's work and by the time that I get home, it's dark. And then I then I have to lace up my shoes and get back out there into the dark and put in a handful of miles to build my fitness so that I can have a strong marathon experience. The last thing that you want to do is not pay any respect to that distance because it will make you suffer. You will be on the struggle bus the entire time. You will be questioning your existence when you're at mile 15 and you are not feeling good in whatever realm. And yeah, that is something that you want to avoid at all cost. So the Spartan Creed, I believe, is sweat more in practice and bleed less in war. Another challenge that I faced was, you know, I I don't know anyone who runs marathons. I don't know anyone who is willing to, you know, run 20 miles or do any of the type of training that I do. So therefore, I do it all by myself. There are some clubs and some people who, I don't know, live 25, 30 minutes away from me. But in my mind, I'm like, you know what? That's 30 minutes to travel there. That's 30 minutes back. That's, you know, a, a round trip of 60 minutes. I could put in six, seven, eight miles in that time. And I would rather get the work done, do what I need to do, and then vamanos. Let's go onward to, to the next thing. And because I work Monday through Friday, the long runs that I had to do were on the weekends. Come Saturday, Sunday, I have a big training session scheduled, and that means that I need to be up by 3.30 in the morning so that I'm out the door by 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock, because one thing that I don't want to do is miss out on a morning with my kids and my family because I already miss those mornings because I work so early Monday through Friday, I want to be there at least, you know, Saturday and Sunday when I'm off work. So needless to say, it is challenging knowing that, you know, hey, Saturday, Sunday, you're going to have to wake up at the butt crack of dawn and put in 20 miles by yourself in the dark before the sun even comes up. But, you know, when you're done doing that and you are finishing up your run and you got to experience a beautiful sunrise... That is the payoff, you know, feeling good, gaining strength, knowing that you're out there doing something that not a lot of people do, and that is empowering, and that's how you build confidence. So even though that it was challenging to do those things, there is a payoff, and that is essentially delaying gratification. Now, when I am prepping for a marathon, I still have the love for push-ups and squats and pull-ups and all of that cross-training stuff. Now, the way that I have constructed my life, if I can, you know, well, first of all, 
Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those are like guarantee workout days. I have the time and the availability to get it in Friday and then definitely, without a doubt, Saturday, Sunday before my family even wakes up. Now, if I can get it in Friday, then that means that I have a certainty of Saturday, Sunday. And, you know, for the rest of the week, if I can get it in one or two days, you know, um, Monday through Thursday, then that is just, you know, hey, more power to me. But minimum, it was three days a week. Sometimes I would do five days a week. I'm sure that, you know, fortune was on my side throughout the time that I was prepping for this marathon. And if I got in a sixth day or a seventh day, I just took advantage. There would be times where I would come home from work and I wasn't planning on running or exercising or training. And then come to find out, hey, my wife, she is at her friend's house or she's at the library and she has the kids or they're somewhere other than at home and they're not going to be home for another 45 minutes or an hour. And that was an opportunity where I was faced with a choice. I could either just Netflix and chill, kick back and I don't know, do anything other than train, anything other than exercise or run. But... Because I am the way that I am. I have the goals that I have set for myself. I looked at that as an opportunity to put in some more work. So minimum three days for sure. If I can get in that fourth, fifth, sixth workout because of a opportunity that my schedule has allowed, then I took those opportunities as well. As it pertains to the diet, because we need to fuel for this marathon prep. We need a fuel for the Ironmans, right? We need a fuel for a good day at work. While I'm not on a diet, I don't abide by any of the fad diets that are propagating up on the internet and on the social websites. I don't do any of that. I try to eat as close to whole foods as possible. I try to eliminate any of the processed foods, but, you know, I'm a family man. I'm not trying to be a food Nazi where I'm forcing my family to eat nothing but clean, nutritious food. I am a man of, of balance. I enjoy, you know, the, the, the ice creams, the hamburgers, the french fries. I enjoy all of that. But, you know, at the same time, when it comes to you know, really dialing things in and dialing things down, then I have the discipline to say no to some of the savory treats that people are compulsively, unknowingly addicted to. I'm just like, nah, I'm good. And then once, you know, so back in July, I had the San Francisco Marathon and you know, that really just gave me a excuse to really clean up the diet because July, you know, that's during the summer. And who doesn't want to look a little bit leaner? And and who doesn't want to clean up the diet? Who doesn't want to look a little bit stronger and have the veins popping out a little bit more, have the skin a little bit more toit, toit like a toiga during summertime? So that marathon that I did in July, that uh, helped me to really hone in on the diet and hone in on my sleep and everything that I needed to do to have a great marathon. And that San Francisco marathon that I did in July, I PR'd there as well. And that just breeded more confidence. So I had the marathon in July. Then I had uh, Ironman triathlon in September. And then I had an ultra marathon in October. And then I wrapped things up with the California International Marathon in Sacramento. Now, for me, I don't ever like to get out of shape I, I have a goal of just year-round fitness. Of course, sometimes I, I will ha- be in a little bit more shape than other times, you know, because I am human. I'm not a freaking robot. I'm not a cyborg. But for the most part, my overall philosophy is to have year-round fitness, 
to have year-round strength, to have year-round endurance, and essentially just to be strong year-round. So you'll never catch me out of shape. You'll never catch me slipping. You'll never catch me sloppy. You'll never catch me weak because, you know what, if, if you do catch me fat and out of shape, you know what, there's something going on with me psychologically. Hey, you might want to check up on your old boy Ruby Rube if, if you see a picture of me on social media and I'm starting to look a little bit sloppy. Yep, that is going to be a outward expression of what's going on internally. And now because I intertwine my mindset with the, phys- the physicality that I have and the spirituality that I have, you know, if all of those things aren't firing on all cylinders, then, you know, that's when, that's when I start to languish. Similar to a unwatered houseplant. Yeah, it's like, sure, that unwatered houseplant, it's alive, technically, but man, it is limp. There's some dead leaves, you know, on, on the limbs. It hasn't flowered in months. Yep, you know, there's a lot of people like that walking around, but not me, not your boy, Ruby Rube. Now, in the endurance world, there's a bunch of spectators, right? They're all cheering, encouraging the participants, and a lot of them bring signs. And there was this one sign that said, uh, Chuck Norris has never done a marathon. And that one had me laughing because there is a meme going around and it says like hey Chuck Norris doesn't do push-ups Chuck Norris pushes the world down or Chuck Norris does this Chuck Norris does that so it's pretty funny that you know someone was able to connect Chuck Norris and marathons and then hey realize Chuck Norris never even ran a marathon so what does that say about you you're pretty freaking tough right Now, I bring up Chuck Norris because, hey, we all have come to know and love and appreciate the toughness of a person like Chuck Norris, right? And that brings me to the realm of mindset. Now, you can be, you know, physically strong. You could be, you know, super jacked, you know, have all the muscles in all the right places, But if you do not have a strong mindset, if you do not have a crystal clear why, if you can't articulate why you are doing what you are doing, if you have no fuel to your fire, then count on pittering out of strength and resolve come mile six and seven when you are tired, when you are faced with that, you know, when you're faced with fatigue If you are not mentally prepared to endure whatever needs to be endured, then plan on failing, plan on quitting, plan on suffering. And this parallel, it is not just for the marathon. It's like that in life. If you find yourself doing something and it's like, you know what, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to quit. Now, if it's something that you really want, Well, hey, I'm going to encourage you to make a list to identify, get all the way down to why you really want to do what you want to do. Keep pulling on that thread until you get to the to the crux of it, until you get to the meat and potatoes, until you get to the core. Identify, work on your mindset, find inspiration in everything and in everywhere And learn about some people who have overcome much more seemingly insurmountable obstacles. And, you know, that will just be more fuel to your fire when you are faced with the option of giving up. Now, for me, I read a lot of awesome nonfiction books. And the books that I read... You know, that just adds fuel to my fire. If you're interested in checking out any of the books that I've read, I have created an Amazon uh, storefront. You can find my Amazon affiliate link in the show notes and in my bio. And I am more than certain when you read some of the books that I have read, 
that. They will fire you up. And guess what? You know, these books that I have read have been recommended to me by my mentors, by some of the people who I find influential, inspiring, awesome, creative, hardworking. And if it works for them and it works for me. And you know what? Shoot. You know, for example, like Marcus Aurelius, uh, a Roman king philosopher, he was referencing Epictetus. And if you don't know who Epictetus is, hey, luckily for you, I have that book included in my Amazon affiliate storefront, as well as the book by Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And, you know, guess, guess who was referencing Epictetus? You know, Booker T. Washington. Guess who was referencing Booker T. Washington? Frederick Douglass. Guess who was referencing Frederick Douglass? Uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. And it just goes on and on and on. There's nothing new under the sun. There's not going to be any more awesome stories being told than the ones that have already been told. Now it just takes for the individual to seek out those stories and internalize the wisdom that is in, contained with inside those stories and then you know putting the morals and the virtues and the values to use so that you can go out and bear some good fruit so man pick up some of those books read them go run for a long time think about them digest them and then outwardly go out produce some some milk and honey for yourself a few insights that i do every single day that help contribute to my overall fitness number one is going to be right when I wake up right as soon as my alarm goes off I just think a wonderful thought I, I I'm not a snoozer so as soon as my alarm goes off it's like all right I'm up and when you have purpose in your life when you have you know goals you know that is the energy that you need to get up out of bed and I will kid you not there were many times when I was training for the marathon or for an Ironman. And it's like, all right, hey, tomorrow I need to do a 75-mile ride. I need to go out and do 100 miles. And I, I kid you not, I woke up like a little kid on Christmas morning. And it was like, man, you know what? I get to go out and experience what it feels like to ride 75 miles, to ride 100 miles. And that excited me because... I never knew, or I, prior to that, I never knew what that would feel like. And that excited me to feel something that I have never felt before. Now, the first thing that I do when I wake up is I will like just re reach my hand to the sky. And I'll just be like, you know, kind of like I'm reaching out to the heavens like, you know, hey, hey, God, I'm up. <laughs> Give me a hand. That's the first thing that I do. I give a little bit of uh, thanks, some gratitude. And then as I take that first step out from my bed, and as soon as my foot hits the floor, I'm like, you know what? This one is with purpose. I'm moving in a direction that is going to be conducive to growth, that's going to provide flourishing. So I reach my hand up, say a little bit of gratitude, and that, then that very first, as soon as my big toe hits the ground, it is filled with vigor, purpose. And I'm like, hey, let's go. Let's get it going. And then, of course, I go through, you know, I will wash my face, brush my teeth, do my stretching, eat a meal, do my journaling, read for, I don't know, three to five minutes. And then, hey, I'm out the door. If it's a... Uh, if it's a work day, I go to work. If it's a, a weekend, then I go and work out. Either way, I'm putting in some work. Now, as it pertains to the strategies that I implemented during this marathon prep, one of the reoccurring themes that I kept seeing over and over and over when I was doing the research was to to train with your heart rate, to train in your zone to low aerobic threshold. Now, as it pertains to the heart, there's five levels of your heart, uh, of your heart zones. Number one is going to be your warm up. Number two is going to be low aerobic. 
Number three is going to be aerobic. Number four is going to be threshold. And the number five is going to be like your all out maximum um, heart rate. And that's like the wild man territory. Now, because, you know, I'm not trying to set any records. I'm not trying to be the fastest man on earth. I train in the zone too. And that is the, the all day pace. You're not sprinting. You're not out of breath. That is a pace that is going to build your aerobic threshold, your aerobic base. And that is going to help you to be able to go faster, but keep a low heart rate. And that is also going to help uh, stave off any injury because when you start to get into your zone four and your zone five and you're working out and training like a madman, well, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have a higher propensity to get injured. And you know what? You can't do any training when you're injured. So while I did incorporate, um, interval training every now and then my main overall training was a low zone two heart rate and yeah i just uh found that to be beneficial not only physically but emotionally psychologically you're able to think that's when like your blood is flowing around at a optimal at an optimal pace and man, your muscles are able to your muscles are able to keep replenishing themselves because you're not building up the lactic acid, which is what causes you know muscle soreness and fatigue. But when you stay in that zone too, you can literally go all day long. Now, if you're on the fence about signing up for a marathon, hey, I'm just gonna say do it. Just jump in. You're never gonna have it all figured out. Your life is never going to be all situated completely. You just figure it out. Sign up for it. You'll have a due date. You'll put in the work. It will force you to do the things that you need to do. And you know what? Because life does happen, you you will miss some workouts. You will not be perfect in your training, in your rest. But it's like, hey, so what? Nothing ever is perfect. And if you're waiting for the perfect time... You know, that may never come. Now, in the realm of rest and recovery, you know, it is important to first identify when you actually need rest and when you're actually, you know, being lazy. Because sometimes it's hard to differentiate between. It's like, hey, am I tired right now? Does my body actually need rest and recovery? Or am I just being lazy? I'm not going to be able to tell you or identify it for you. That's something that you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and ask those t- those tough, hard questions. If you need rest, hey, go to bed on time. And, you know, you can always do something. There's always something that you're able to do to set yourself up. Even if you can't go out and run six miles, hey, maybe you can wake up a little bit earlier and stretch for a little bit longer or, you know, just do some body weight workouts or, you know, learn something. So there's always something that you're able to do. So even though you may be in a quote unquote rest day, you can actively participate in your recovery so that you do recover quicker and more. You're, you you will be more proactive and you will feel more empowered that hey I'm doing something to help my body get over the achiness or you know whatever little injury that you may sustain or perceived injury that you may have sustained during the training so I I didn't really have a rest day per se like I never had a day where it's like hey all right Tuesday Tuesday's my rest day or, hey, Friday's coming, I get to rest. It was like, you know what, I trained Friday, Saturday, Sunday, regardless. And if I had a an inkling, like, hey, Monday, I'm going to rest. And then I got home, and I had the opportunity to train, then I did some training. It was light, 
But, you know, my philosophy is doing a bunch of little small things. So even if I did have to have to recover, I just did something super light and I attributed that towards my growth and building a a foundation that was going to allow me to have such a big push. You know, that's all the time that I have for today. So um, my next episode, maybe I will answer some more questions and provide some more insights into how I do what I do. And regardless of whether or not you're trying to run a marathon or not, you know, growth is growth in any way that you measure it. So the things that I do, it did allow me to PR at this last marathon. But hey, you know, that is just a a little byproduct of you know, living a disciplined life. There's so many intangible assets that I'm not going to be able to measure and I'm not going to be able to say that, hey, this time last year I was, you know, this stable or I was, I had this much clarity or I had this much patience. I'm not going to be able to measure that stuff, but I know that I am in a better overall position in every measure of my life and that's something that excites me and that's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing because I know that there's so many people out there who struggle in their lives and you know like I've said many times before I, I'm not perfect I don't have all the answers but you know I'm willing to to wrestle with these these uh, these snakes and these things that need to be wrestled with so That'll do it for today's podcast. Until next time, onward, always onward.